What's going on, beautiful podcast family? I hope that wherever you are, you're doing amazing, and I'm sending my prayers your way. We have an excellent episode of the show for you today. We have Dr. Melissa Crum, and we are talking about the power of functional fragrances for mental health and inner power. This is a very fascinating episode. Uh, Melissa has a background in traditional Chinese medicine and alternative health and herbology and all, all these other things. So it's really fascinating to dive deep in these topics. So we talk about traditional Chinese medicine, the Shaolin monks, cultivating chi, getting back to health, emotional balance, flower essence therapy. Um, we talk about cellular memory, spirit quests, energy blueprints, the work of Dr. Emoto, the higher self being the boss exploring traumas finding balance and so much more this is a fantastic episode i know you're going to enjoy it and if you do please share it far and wide consider leaving a review on itunes if you want to become a member and get exclusive content from past guests there's audios there's the soul compass course as well um, go to mattbelair.com click on the membership you can either donate or you can get access for free if you just email me matt at zen athlete you'll get all the extras the bonuses in Inside the membership or you can contribute any amount you want if you want to support the show um, you'll get access also to the soul compass course which is a quick concise and powerful guide to know your life purpose your life direction and to go in the direction of fulfillment and your highest and most authentic self and if you want a little bit more support you can reach out mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and i'd love to hear from you work with you and just help you design and create an authentic amazing life that allows Allows you to leave a legacy that you are proud of. So if you're interested in that, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or matt at Zen Athlete. Uh, the best way to support the show, as always, is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. And that is it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world. Just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, compassion, courage, faith, power. And get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with Dr. Melissa Crum. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest studied at the International Institute of Chinese Medicine, where she earned her professional degree as a doctor of oriental medicine, and where she also received a national certification in herbology. She began her career as an acupuncturist and herbalist, treating thousands of patients using traditional Chinese medicine and other cutting-edge alternative health treatments. She has spent the last two decades expanding her knowledge base and developing expertise in the use of flower remedies, homeopathy, Reiki, guided meditation, and the use of other natural remedies for weight loss and beauty. Welcome to the show, Dr. Melissa Crum. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Such an honor to be on your show. Well, I appreciate that. I said before we began, we had a wonderful conversation, and I think we set the record of you know almost doing 600 episodes here of uh, the pre-talk. We had a nice pre-talk, <laughs> diving down some rabbit holes, um, you know, having a beautiful chat. But I'd love for you to just start us off with a little bit about your background, your work, and how you got into doing what you're doing today. Yeah, so I was, um, I am a doctor of oriental medicine. So that means I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist um, for 23 years. 
and um, how to practice, work with people. I still see some people. Um, currently, oh, sorry, I did learn um, how to uh, work with classical homeopathy as well as flower essence therapy. Um, and I currently have a company called The Flower Remedy where I have some products that I make and um, mostly the, the flower essences, they all have flower essences in them, which are really good for emotional balance. And so that is my philosophy that, you know, that health begins with um, emotional, spiritual balance. You can't really have true health unless you have that. So that's how I really got into everything. Well, I love that. That was a very short summary. Um, you know, and we when we started our chat, we were going into kind of like the Oriental medicine and the Eastern philosophy. And I shared a little bit about training with the Shaolin monks. And you could do an acupuncture class as a, as a bonus. And I remember them taking out these charts about the energy body and thinking, holy smokes, like look at the detail on that. And they were talking about acupuncture. And they said, oh, well, if you have the flu, you put one here. And if you have uh, a headache, you can, you can put a point there. And and I thought that is wild how detailed they have mapped out the energetic body. And um, as a side note, my ex-girlfriend in Whistler, she had a bad skiing accident when she was a kid uh, in her teenage years. And she twisted her hip and she had all the physical therapy, everything you could do under the sun to help her hip and her back. And it always hurt. And it was a doctor of Chinese medicine and acupuncture that actually did the trick of all the treatments, which I have always found uh, fascinating to this day. I would have thought it would have been something else. So maybe you can kind of speak on that. Yeah. So um, that's such great news. And I, I have seen that happen a lot of times where people have tried everything and then they go to acupuncture and, and that actually can, can sometimes fix it, you know, and, and, and it's true. Um, everything is energy and my, and my philosophy, you know, and that's what, um, uh, the, when you said the Shaolin monks had the, the map of all of the, the meridians. So what happens is you have cheer energy that originates in your body and it actually comes out as a, a pattern onto your skin. Um, it's like a, almost like highways, energetic highways. And so that's how we can treat the internal by using the, the external, because that's where all your meridians, they're in very specific locations that, um, that relate to specific internal organs. And, and that's how you can correct the, the flow of energy. And once you have everything, you know, flowing freely, um, your body can, it gets into harmony, gets into homeostasis and heals itself. That's amazing. Well, we also chatted at the beginning too about uh, germ theory versus terrain theory. And it's neat that you hadn't heard about that. So I'm excited for you to kind of dive a little deeper to, to learn about it because it's exactly how you treat people. Terrain theory states that the body should be in homeostasis unless you're poisoning it or doing something or the body's sending a signal that it, you need to self-correct. And if you're, um, you know, if the body is as it should be, I don't know how to articulate that. Well, unfortunately, if your body is as it should be, everything should be functioning. It should be taking care of itself. You know what I mean? That'll be, you know, doing all it needs to, to function at a high level. You're probably doing something to it that is causing this disease or this illness. And that sickness is a signal. So you got to get back to that homeostasis so it can repair whatever's going on. 
I mean, that's exactly right. I, that is the foundation of Chinese medicine. It's the foundation of homeopathy. It's the foundation of um, flower essences. Um, you know, who knows what can get you out of balance, but you know, when your energy is in balance, a lot of times it's diet so many times it's emotions, um, and just living in the world. I mean, it's not a perfect world. We don't have a perfect diet. We have, um, you know, everyday stuff happens. That's not ideal. Right. I mean, there are many things that are great that happen, but there are things that can throw you off balance. And so, um, if you, if that energy gets, you know, it's not flowing freely, then that's when you have this state of disease or, or beginning of disease. And so if you can correct it, um, you know, from, from several different ways, but, um, you can, your body just can heal itself, but it is true. It's not, um, it, everything is, internal, you know, it's not because of, if you have a strong internal, you have strong chi and, um, you know, good balance, then, then the external things don't sometimes affect you. Right. So, yeah, a hundred percent, you know, everything you're saying just reminds me of training with the monks and, you know, having that internal balance, right. It's kind of like what they teach you in martial arts. Somebody could bug you and try to incite a fight. But if you're balanced in the inner world, that's going to be very hard for them to do. You know, you have the strength and the capacity and also the inner training to know that you don't need to mess with that because you've done the inner work of, you know, you're not defending your, your manhood or, you know, like this, this idea that, Hey, this guy's made fun of you. So you've got to go fight them. It's a very adolescent and childish thing to do unless you've done like the inner world. And like, that's just ridiculous. You know, why would I, why do they even engage in that? And so that energy, I feel like it really can be powerful as you move forward because you can think of an old man who's like a sage or an old woman who's a sage and just has mastery. They have an aura about them. And I bet you it is an actual physical, measurable, energetic field that if we could see it, you know, we would say, oh, holy smokes, they've done a lot of work to actually create this energy. They've done this actual work. And when I was training with the monks, there was one guy who could break with two fingers stone, you know, and he could break bigger pieces of stone over each limb in his body. And he told me it was directing the energy. So it was, it was an hour or two every day for years of his life, Qigong, learning how to understand the energetics of his body right? The energetic systems and then conditioning the body as well so that it could combine those two forces to do something that would be basically to most people impossible. That's right. And I think we talked about it a little bit. That is something that he has spent a lifetime cultivating his chi, right? And so we all have, um, we call it in Chinese medicine, we call it prenatal chi. It's chi that you were, you were given, you were born with. It's almost like your genetics, right? And, um, so that really is, you know, you have this, that you're born with that. You can't really change that part of it, but you can change how much energy, how much chi you have by diet, by emotional balance, by doing things like qigong and inner work. And so, um, that's, that's so paramount for the, for the monks. Um, like I said, it's a lifetime of work that they, that they do cultivating that chi and focusing it. Yeah, that's a really great point. Just the, the lifetime of work. It doesn't happen overnight, right? We ha we're in this culture now where everybody wants the, the quick fix. 
And the beautiful thing about the monks and people who have done the impossible is it, it has, it shows you what's possible, um, but it doesn't happen overnight. I've been using the, you know, strength analogy of squatting a thousand pounds or deadlifting a thousand pounds, seeing a human being pick up a thousand pounds off the ground is just absurd. No one should be able to pick up that kind of weight, but it'd be years and years and years of training um, that got that individual to show you something supernatural. Maybe you're not going to pick up a thousand pounds, or maybe you're not going to use it to break boards like the Shaolin monks, but you could use that consistency to apply to anything else in your life that you had a passion for, a desire for. It shows you what's possible when you combine the inner world with the outer world. You know, that kind of dedication, that kind of focus. And those two worlds need to come together uh, for you to be functioning at your highest levels and then to eventually do something that would be like impossible to you, which would probably be your dream, you know, because you're you're seeing what's possible. You know, how do I make this dream a reality? And I think those are two key components. It's so true. And and I know that when somebody does something that seems physically impossible, you know, it's not just a physical thing, right? It's there's a lot of mental emotional that goes into that, a lot of training, being tough and and believing in yourself and and sometimes it's just like seeing that barrier so when you see other people break the barrier, um then everybody starts to do it right because they see okay, it's possible. Now, yeah, a hundred percent. Like the uh, four minute mile, you know, one person breaks yeah. it and all of a sudden everybody breaks it. Um, you know, I'm interested, you know, when, when someone reached out on your behalf, it was the, the functional fragrances with flowers. And I had my friend, Dr. Nick on about, um, essential oils, which are wonderful. And he blew my mind about what essential oils were and how you could use them and all these different functions. I had no idea. I've got essential oils around me now because of all the great uses for them. And then you've dove into flowers. And I'm curious, uh, like, is this a common thing or, or like, I just, I had never heard of that. So I'm excited for you to speak about how you use them, the power of flowers. What is going on with yeah. all that? So I, I really believe in um, essential oils too. They're great for so many things. And, and I think they're not flower essence therapy is not very common, at least here in the U S and Canada, but, um, it does differ from essential oils because essential oils, you're actually extracting the, the oils, the volatile and the, the really concentrated oils from flowers and herbs, right? And flower essence therapy is actually energetic medicine. And so basically, um, it, they don't smell, they don't have a smell. They, they have the energetic blueprint of, of the flower. So, um, they were created by Dr. Bach. He was a physician in the 1920s. Um, he created the flower essences in the 1930s because he was diagnosed with, a with a, a tumor and he, he was given a very short time to live. And he just, he basically got through it because he had so much important work. He was working on, um, he was working on some vaccines, um, in the thirties with anyhow, he, he just didn't have time and he to, to die basically. And he realized that it was all the power of his mind and having a life purpose. And that's when he started really exploring, um, flower essences. And he came up with 38 different essences to address very specific emotional, um, imbalances, and so that's what they do. So just for example, there's one for, there's a flower essence that's for um, guilt. There's a flower essence that's for 
um, I would say anxiety or fear just generalized. And then there's one, if you have like very specific fears. So as you can see, they're very specific in what they treat. You know, when you think about, um, most things, uh, that treat, you know, emotional imbalances, they, they treat, you know, just a very general thing, right? This treats depression. Well, what's the depression due to, right? And this treats anxiety. Well, what, it, what else is going on? So I'm not saying, you know, don't use these other things. I'm just seeing the flower essence therapy is great because it's very, um, very specific. I find it to be extremely effective, but, um, but it's, it's subtle, it's subtle and profound in its effects. So, well, that's really fascinating. First, could you spell his last name for those who want to oh, research this person? Bach, and it's B-A-C-H. Okay. That's what I guessed. And I wanted to just make sure if people wanted to check that person out. It's interesting to note that this is really about healing emotional imbalances and in health. I've heard of many stories where people will have stored trauma um, and then that's the part of their body that will get sick. Uh, you know, like there's one example. I remember when I was going through some of this stuff, they had like a stomach ulcer. And then when the practitioner went through and it, this was when I was studying NLP, NLP, I believe, and all my research kind of molded into one foggy memory. So please do your own <laughs> research with everything I said. But the, the idea with this research was they went through the memory, right? And what happened is a very traumatic experience. Um, in childhood. And then the practitioner said, well, where do you feel that? When you remember that traumatic experience, where do you feel it? And they feel it in the gut. And this could be repeated over and over where people would have this uh, memory and then it gets stored in the body. And I, I heard it said to me once from this very fascinating guy I was learning from, his name's Core Love, and he's just a very fascinating character, but he put it like this. He goes, you know, your body's like a hard drive. Let's say it's got a hundred terabytes of um, storage and your memory is storing all that, right? So when you go about your day, it's just having little fragments of storage, right? Not too much. But when you have a traumatic experience, that's going to store like 50 gigs, 100 gigs of memory. And maybe it's going to store it right in your heart. Maybe it's going to store it in your uh, stomach. Maybe it's going to store it in your back, right? And if you don't know how to circulate that energy or remove it or clear it, what's going to happen is it can become stagnant. And you're going to signal in the body that something's off. So it does seem like our emotions can actually cause illness. I a hundred percent agree with that. I don't, um, it, it, what you described is almost like a perfect description of Chinese medicine and chi. So you get, um, some kind of injury, some kind of trauma, right. And it could be an emotional trauma it could be physical, but also the emotional comes with it, right. Fear or anger, whatever it is. And we have cellular memory and our cells store those memories. And you're right. We, we can store it in, in meridians in certain parts of our body. And if you don't express it, which many times, you know, there's not, there's not a place to express it. Somebody or somebody doesn't know how to get you to express it or to work you through it. And um, that's when your chi stagnates, just like you said, and it can cause pain or it can cause illness. And so you really want to move that through because if you don't, if you don't express it, it gets stored. And that's when you can create a lot of, you know, uh, illness or disease down the line. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. And so again, to go back to the, the flower essences, does he talk about how the heck he figures out which flower is going to help with which emotional issue? I'd love to dive into yeah. that aspect of it. And 
also knowing, yeah, which ones I'm trying to formulate a question. What I'm thinking of is basically that most people deal with guilt or fear. We have these very common challenging emotional states. Uh, a lot of people have anxiety and depression. And do you feel that these flower remedies can be used for all of those? And when they're used, does it get the person to a state where it really diminishes or eliminates those emotional emotional states? Because I feel like most people that I coach or work with, or even within myself, there are certain negative emotional states that are repeated. And if they could be uh, either heavily mitigated or reduced completely, that would be incredibly ideal. Yeah, that's a really great question. And Yes. So um, I'm going to go back to the first part was about how, how did he figure it out? That's, I'm not so sure. You know, I think it's with a lot of herbs, like how do we figure out that this works for this? You know, like when you think about um, native Americans or people who've been, or native people who've been using herbs forever, how did they figure it? I think nature tells you a lot. So sometimes you look at an herb and it looks like something, it might look like a kidney, it might look like a brain. And that's really what it actually treats. So walnuts, for example, that's not an herb, it's a food, but um, they're really high in omega threes, and they're great for your brain. And they're great for your kidneys, too. Um, but so that's just an example. And so I think Dr. Bach was, you know, it was trial and error. And I think, also, if you're really, really in tune, spiritually, uh, plants can talk to you, <laughs> they could tell you what you know, what they, what they're good for, what their intentions are. Um, I, let's see, there was another thing I wanted to address with, with, uh, oh, you, you wondered if this could, if this could eliminate. So let's say somebody's, you know, dealing with something, um, you know, that's kind of stuck or stuck emotion or something that they just are really having a hard time getting through. I believe that, yes, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. It you know, it doesn't happen like that, especially really old stuff, right? Maybe something since birth or something since you were five years old, it, it takes work. And um, the flower essences can really facilitate that. And even better is if you can work with a coach or a counselor or somebody, you know, that, that can help you through that too. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and one, one thing I'm reminded of, and I'm, I just feel so bad because I'm dropping her name now, but one of my friends, she was uh, she is a native American. She came on the podcast and told a story about her vision quest and talked about how, you know, you're out there with no food and no water. And, and basically she was told that the plants and the earth would talk to her. And she, and she goes, even for me, she goes like, I'm native American, but even for me talking to a plant is a strange thing. And, you know, went through that process and ended up through this experience, really deepening her connection with all of plants and all of animals and all of the earth. And I know from my own experiences, sometimes through meditation, sometimes through plant help, that once I see that deeper connection with something as a living thing, something that can be communicated with, something that I'm a part of, that understanding never goes away. And I do see the similarities in my indigenous teachers and how they saw the earth and how they see plants and how they see animals in what you're saying now and how it can speak to you and grow a relationship. Because even with ayahuasca, apparently the shamans say that the plants, because told them which two you mix together because one plant and one plant does nothing. 
You have to mix the two together, and then you get this incredibly, incredibly profound experience. And it's psycho, emotional, healing, spiritual. It's everything. And so, how would they know that if if they didn't know the plants were talking to them? And my final point to that would be, my friend Carlos Barrios was on. He's a Mayan elder, and he told me about this story about doing a summit of elders. And there was this very special suit, kind of like a super elder, or just like the main winning guy. And he came and had a shower in his house, right? And he said he left his house and said, your water's dead. And he went outside and he, you know, went in like the lake close by and bathed himself. And this person apparently lived in the forest basically most of his life in, in uh, South America. And so what a difference of life experience, of perspective, of what you would perceive in your eyes and your ears and your senses from somebody who would remain full time in a forest living among plants and animals versus the city dwellers, which are constantly on screens, which are in, constantly distracted. It would be two totally different worlds of experience. That's so true. And the knowledge has to come from somewhere, right? I mean, some of it's, you know, it is, it, it, there's no other explanation. Some of it's uh, divine, maybe some of it's, you know, the, the plants, you know, giving you the clues. Um, and I think of like acupuncture when I was thinking, how do you explain this? How do you explain, you know, how he knew which ones were, which, um, how did they figure out like which acupuncture points treated, you know, which conditions it, it had to be, there was, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of trial and error, but there has to be something from somewhere else, you know, or something from somewhere deep inside that, um, knowledge that they, they possess. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, I'm going to say shout out to Sewa because that's who S E W A. That is my friend. She gave us an amazing podcast. If you want to check that one out, uh, go back and listen to it. Cause it's truly profound. Um, so I want to make sure I felt so bad at blanking. And so, okay. So with the flower essences, if we, if we have these issues, we want to move through them. How does it work exactly? Can an individual just buy them and work through themselves or should they go with a person? And like, what can they expect if they're going to be going on this journey? Because for someone like me, I'm going to look at the ones that I, I'm first going to take an inventory of the things that I feel the most. So right now I would say I have a pattern of maybe not depression. Like I'll feel down about the the state of the world. Like I don't stay there long, but it'd be nice if I were to eliminate that and fear um, in general, like sometimes I'll be fearful of maybe the state of the world for my daughter <laughs> and some of the stresses that I have in my own life. So stress, I don't know if there's one for stress. So I kind of take that inventory for myself and then mm -hmm. I would get those and I'd want to work through those things to see if I can mitigate or, or release them completely. So I want to just um, just to to work with what you told me and how specific they are. Just to point out, so you said you're you have some like you feel down about the state of the world. So um, there are, there are two flower essences for that. One is gorse and one is gentian. And um, gorse is kind of when you've lost hope. It's called the hope flower, right? So and then you said I worry about the state of of you know the world for my daughter. So when you have um, 
excessive worry for, for your loved ones, that's red chestnut. So there's three essences that could be really helpful to you right there. And then like a generalized fear or anxiety is Aspen. So that's four. So you can definitely, people can definitely, um, you know, do some research and treat themselves. You can go to a flower essence practitioner who can really hone in and listen to what you're saying and, and really do a specific um, formula. Um, and then there are some formulas, like I do four formulas that are for a specific um, kind of like the most common kind of issues that I identified. So, so there is a lot, there's a lot of things um, you can go to the health food store, at least here and buy flower essences. You can buy them online and you can make your own. And um, you just, you do a bottle, a treatment bottle that has mostly water. And then you do of each essence, like three or four drops. And then you take four drops four times a day and a dropper full, maybe in your water bottle to sip throughout the day. And, and, and sometimes, you know, you have that treatment bottle and you kind of work through that. And then it's, then you go on to the next one. You see what's still left, because like I said, it's kind of like peeling back the layers. That's fascinating. I like how simple it is. And I'm definitely going to give it a try. I've read in done extensive study on Dr. Joe Dispenza's work around the placebo effect. And even if this was just a placebo, we know for sure it is, it has a measurable positive effect. Now I do believe in energetic medicine as well. Uh, so, so how it would work, I believe in that too. I would be curious, why do you think that this would work on an emotional level from your research in Chinese, Chinese medicine, herbal medicine, and just looking at people because it really is, you can feel energetics. I remember studying with Michael Lozier. He was my first mentor. Shout out Michael Lozier. You're the man for helping me out. He wrote a book on law of attraction and I was very fascinated on how to manifest things. And, you know, he would say, um, the law of attraction um, matches your vibration and the only vibration you can have is a negative or a positive one. And so we give the example of going into like a bar in the wrong side of town and you feel down, right? You feel the energetics of the room, right? That's essentially what it is. Or you meet someone, maybe in, you just meet someone for the first time and you feel really good around them. They are just so friendly and you're like, man, I really like that person, that man or a woman. And you're like, I really like that person. You know, wow, they really, they felt great. It's the energy they give off and someone is is depressed or how they feel about something. There really is an energetic magnitude to an individual and also to families and communities and even cities. This spreads out and we can measure this energy as well. There are certain devices that actually measure the energetic field. So I want to prime the stuff that I know and wanted to get uh, your two cents on why you think that would work on an emotional level when people are, are using these things? Um, so I think it's because, um, yeah, I like to call it energetic or vibrational medicine. Um, and one thing I want to mention about that I love about them so much is that because they are vibrational or energetic, they don't interfere with other medicines. So, so many people are taking a lot of other things, you know, and so they're, they're very safe. Um, but the reason why I think they work is because I believe, like you said, people carry an energy, right? They carry a vibration. There's a blueprint. Even when, have you ever been in a house or a room where there's nobody else there, but you walk in and you're like, this feels really good, or this doesn't feel great because you leave a blueprint. People leave their energetic foot, footsteps in. Um, and so that's what, um, 
you know, that's what is what these flower essences are. They're very, um, very probably intricate blueprints of this energetic medicine. And um, I, I, I think it's Dr. Emoto. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he did the, the water. Did you, do you know this? That yeah. it, is that his name, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Emoto. The first one is the one I'd, I'd butcher, but it's definitely Dr. Emoto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, they, they just talked to water, right. And, and said positive things and it had, and then they took a photography of it and it had this beautiful snowflake. And then they, they did, um, they said negative things and you could see this. It was like a, almost like a black mass, right. Of the, the photograph that they took. So, so I think it's very provable that energy is very real. And um, I've told people before too, like, Hey, look, you know, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. We, we couldn't see viruses. We couldn't see bacteria, you know, hundreds of years ago, it still existed. People still got, you know, sick. We just didn't know what it was. So. Yeah. And I, I, when you say that, I just think about animals, right. It's very, certain that you can communicate with animals and and dogs will will know like there's a there's a quote out there or just some dog owners know is that uh if your dog doesn't like a person it normally likes person something's probably off with that person you mm-hmm. know and then how a person is with animals some people can you know they have a calming energy and they can really be around all types of animals very easily and other people who have a more scattered energy uh can cause chaos in in the animal realm and i know farmers that swear that if you talk to the plants and you love the plants that they will grow faster that they will grow bigger they will they will swear on it like you know their life depended on it like this is definitely true so it does seem to make sense and when we look at spiritual teachings I'm reminded of some of my Native American teachers where they would say, um, all of my relations, and that means everything, all of my relations, not, you know, the rock, the plant, the animal, the other people, every single thing is all of Nothing is excluded. I am a part of this environment, every single thing. And I feel like in Western culture, we're very separate. This is my car. This is my house. This is my space. This is my job. <laughs> you know, it's like everything is said. This is my sandwich crow bugger off. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, we're very separate that way. And if we have a more inclusive understanding of the world and what we're a part of, we can integrate into that better and find a little bit more balance. It's so true. And the whole thing about the flower essences is, and Dr. Bach was, we are all connected. And so what he was most interested in was, you know, is aligning the personality with the higher self and then with the divine. And so, you know, the divine is to some people, it's God, to some people, it's a, you know, higher consciousness or collective consciousness. It's whatever, you know, he called it God. But um, so, so that is the whole this is everything that they encompass and this is everything that they're about and and really truly the connection if we can just believe and and realize that we are all connected and our our um energy affects all of those around us you know and positively and negatively yeah a hundred percent and one of the things that we spoke on before we started is the idea that you're not insignificant i feel like our culture and some of the ideology that ideologies in this world make you think that you're insignificant 
right? Like you don't matter. Your choices don't matter. Your life doesn't matter. You're, you're too small in this grand scheme of things to matter at all, to make a difference. And nothing could be further from the truth. And this doesn't mean that what you do will change the world. Like you're going to end world hunger. You're going to uh, stop human trafficking. And I'm just speaking from my own experiences. Oh, I want to end her. I want to, right. And I, and I felt very insignificant because I really thought about what I could do to do that. And over the years, as I've potentially become wiser, but, uh, you know, the jury's out on that one. I've just tried more things. I've come to understand that what I do in my world with my friends, with my family, with who I am, I do make an impact in that world. And it is a meaningful one. And who I become and the work that I do and everything I put out there, it does impact a few people, and but it most affects my family for sure. And that's a, a massive effect. And also, the most important thing is it affects me in my own life. And having many near-death experiences, maybe that's the whole point here is for us to evolve, to figure out who we truly are, to make the choice toward good in our own hearts, in our own minds, and not sacrifice our souls and sell our souls and 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 really compromise who we are, you know, as individuals for some sort of materialism. It's always some sort of prize that will um, make you sacrifice. I think there's some sort of movie where the guy asks him, he's like, the question something like, you know, how much how much did they pay you to uh, forget your dreams. What was the number? He's like, what? He's like, how much did they pay you? And he's like, oh, it was, you know, it was a million the first year. And then all of a sudden you get sidetracked. It's that material world where that spiritual inner world is you and your connection with your life, with your soul, with your creator and how you move forward in that. And so I'd love for you to comment on that, but also talk about how in your experience, how we, how do we align ourselves to the higher self and divine? Because it's not an easy path to to put that first over materialism because we do have needs and we live in a material realm. It can be very challenging. It's not an easy thing to do. Right. Well, I mean, I would say that I'm still probably figuring that out, but um, as far as what I think is that, first of all, when you say about being, you know, feeling insignificant, I think we're so significant. We are so significant in our world. And, and I, I think of the ripple effects. So, so even if you think, you know, I can't change the world, well, actually every, you know, an act of kindness goes to the next person, goes to the next person. It can really magnify. So I think that's something to remember. Um, and, and nothing really happens overnight, even our health, our emotional health. Um, I think it's a continuous work in progress. And I think the way that we can, we can stay balanced and is just to find what it is for us to find what, what makes us happy. Um, how can we show up in the world in a way that's really positive for yourself and for other people, um, and I just never stop exploring it. And to, and also, I think not um, uh, keeping an open mind, because there are a lot of things that we don't know that we don't know. Um, are there a lot of things that even, uh, you know, maybe I think I know, or I might say I would never do that. And then, you know, six months later, I, you know, I did do it. So, um, yeah, I think it's just to really trust yourself and, um, just keep trying and always try to be better in whatever way that is. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's just one simple one in there for me is just, just keep trying. And my daughter's three now, and it's interesting to watch her get better at things. And it's the whole thing about life is just continue to try. You know, she, we're snowboarding, we're watching videos of me and I take her skiing and she's like, you fall a lot. And I was like, yeah, I fall. It's like, it's a part, it's a part of the thing, you know? And if she falls, she's like, oh, I fell. I was like, don't get down. Like if you, if you skateboard, it's 90% falling, it's 90% failure. If you're trying to get better at something, you're going to fail a lot. It's a part of the process. You know, it's a necessary and inevitable part of life and reframing your perspective around it. If it's negative is so imperative. You have to have a positive relationship with failure as just another attempt. It's either got to be nothing or motivating. It can't be defeating because if it is, you're never going to succeed at everything. You know, you fail until you get it. If you know anybody who skateboarded, they probably tried a kickflip a thousand times, probably everyone a thousand times before they got their friggin' first one. And that's a real, mostly accurate number. I'd say it's so friggin' hard to get your first kickflip and you know, it's very satisfying, but then you have it. You know, and you had to work for that sucker. And, you know, so it, it just really correlates to everything in your life. If you're trying to improve in your relationships, maybe you haven't had great success there or your health or these addictions. And that might be a good segue. Do you want to comment on my rant and maybe speak about flower essence if they help with addictions? I'm curious now. Um, you know, I do think again, maybe it's, it's a piece of the puzzle. It could, you know, everybody's different, right? But I definitely, I mean, if you can, if, you can align yourself with your higher self. I mean, your higher, your highest self doesn't want you to be addicted because that's not your highest purpose. And it's, there's no judgment about it. It's just, you know, if you can start to start to see um, uh, even just the possibilities, um, it, it can really help with that. And, and addictions, I think, um, are mostly trauma, right? I mean, most people don't just become addicted. It's not fun. And it's, it's painful. It's a painful experience for people, but it's numbing for the, the time being. So, so I think, you know, that's the biggest piece. And so these flower essences, different kinds of, of therapies can really help people to, to get back to their true self really. And yeah, that's I love, what I yeah. I love what you said about the, the higher self. And it reminded me of the last podcast I did with Stephen Kotler um, you know, he's an expert in peak performance and all these different things. And one thing he said that stuck with me, he goes, I work for the boss, which is his higher self or his, his goals, what he's his mission. Right. And so he ha he's thought about and contemplated this mission and where he wants to go in his life and what's most important and then schedules around it. And then each day he might not want to do something, but he's working for the boss who he knows has his best interest at heart. And I had never heard it phrased like that before. And I thought that was so Great. And I was like, that's going to be helpful for me because one of the challenges I have is scheduling. I'm, ve I'm very big picture thinking vision. I could find a million different ideas for any single thing, you know, but to then be very structured, choose one and put it into a cat and then maintain it is a very challenging for me. So with that idea, I think I'd be a little bit more, um, What's the word like functional or you know, like, be, I mean, there are the big picture people, right? They're the ones who can come up with these great ideas. And then there are the people that can really implement the small details. I think I'm more like you. I'm more of a big picture kind of person, you know? Yeah. I need and all I'm the help with planning and organization. Learning. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I'm also learning to bring people that, that can do that for me. Right. Cause I can't do it all. 
So yeah. Yeah. Having a team, having a team is really huge and having a community and people you can trust and and building that is is so critical Um, for you in building these businesses, because you have a business, you have a successful acupuncture clinic at one point or still going on. How do you find balance in your life and how do you help people if they're, you know, have a family and a job and a career, the balancing health, how do you help get them in alignment? So, I mean, you know, it, it, it waxes and wanes for me, but um, I try to have a morning routine that really helps, you know, and it's it's fast because I never feel like I have enough time. So um, I try to do a meditation in the morning. Um, I try to do like small exercise, maybe if I can. And, um, you know, it's just, I do, I take flower essences all the time and I'm always changing them for what I need. Um I think just trying to focus on being kind to myself and being kind to other people. That's really, I mean, it has to start with you, right? So that, that helps. And then when I'm trying to help people um, for, for health, you know, I, again, I'm like you, I like the big picture, but I try to keep it simple. Cause I think if you throw a hundred things at somebody, it's just far too overwhelming. So you kind of start with the basics and you start with one thing at a time. Um, and sometimes it's something simple, like start with something dietary that you you feel is really um, impeding this person's healing and health. And then then when they start to trust and when the layers get peeled back, then you can start with, you know, maybe emotional balance and and doing things towards that. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the big keys is just something very simple and very small and very manageable, not going totally crazy. And you could just look at, yeah, if it's diet, right? What's label the five worst things you're doing and can you mitigate one or could you improve one meal of the day? And then the next week too, and just taking it in bite-sized chunks is so key and understanding it's a process and then being easy on yourself in the process, no matter where you're going, this applies for everything, whether you're trying to mitigate something and correct a behavior that you don't prefer, or you're trying to create a new behavior that you prefer to get you the result that you actually want, uh, going easy, going slow, but staying consistent and being kind in your, on yourself in the process that, that let it unfold at the speed it's going to unfold. Then as long as you're showing up and putting in the work, you're going to get the results that you need. That's right. And results are not overnight. It's, it's a process and, you know, the small things can get you really big results and just doing one small thing, um, kind of, I've seen it open up possibilities for people, you know, like they may have, let's say they just don't feel well, maybe they're having, um, weight issues or, you know, and sometimes that can really drag you down. Um, that can drag your health down. And so they make one small change and, and, and you just watch their whole world start to change. And it's not about the external it really is, you know, maybe it starts with that. Maybe it starts with, I want to, you know, I want to lose weight, but really it, it ends with, I, I want to be fulfilled and I want to really follow what my passion is, you know? So that that's fun to watch when people do that. Yeah, hundred percent. And one of the reasons that may be is because we get stuck in these patterns and when we're in these patterns, we can't see any possibility. And so once we can break one pattern, it now changes that whole internal world map that's kind of trapped you, right? You're in the cycle that you're stuck in. So if you can change one thing in that cycle, now you realize 
that other parts of that cycle could be changed because you've done it once. So why couldn't you do it again? And so the first one is the hardest. It's just like getting back to the gym. They always say the first day is the hardest one, right? It's just to start getting back into that and making that a part of your life. And so once you break that first cycle, your potential to continue to create and evolve is now at your fingertips. And you've got that momentum, you've got that energy, and you've got that inspiration to do it. Yeah, it really builds that confidence in yourself and it makes you feel, it starts to make you feel good. So yeah, that's that's something that I really love to see when people, they start, you know, they start slowly and then it ends up being a really, you know, big, big thing. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. I, you know, I've loved this interview. I appreciated talking to you before the show. I appreciate talking to you during the show. Is there anything that we did not touch on? Is there anything that you'd love to discuss before we close our show? You know, I, I think we touched on a lot and I just think, um, you know, I just hope that everybody finds what works for them and what makes them happy. And, um, yeah, I just can't really think of anything else that I'd like to say. Um, I, I do have a, a discount code if anybody wants to check out my website for your for your listeners and users. Well, I appreciate that. I will drop it. Well, say it. And then I'll drop it in all the show notes if you want to check it out. And then on the website, does it explain like how you use it? Because I'm definitely open for experimenting. I can see in the YouTube comments that somebody said that this is more common in Europe. And for those of you guys watch this on YouTube, my apologies for not being in the chat room. The problem is I can't look over in the chat room and focus on my guests. People are saying, why don't you go over here? Because I can't do two things at once. That's why. Um, so, <laughs> so I appreciate you guys so very much, but I can't be over there chatting. Um, but yeah, I will definitely post the code. Do you want to share it now? Is it ready? Sure. Yes. And um, uh, it is true. Um, Dr. Bach was from England. And so it's much more common in Europe, the Bach flower essences and specifically in England. Um, so my website is theflowerremedy.com. And the discount code that I programmed is MB for for Matthew Belair for uh, 20 M capital M capital B 20 for 20% off your order. Awesome. I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to get you to send me what you think I should have. And it lists like the emotions on there. So it's easy to navigate. And then you, if you want to work with something, then you do. And that would be just as a good thing to do a protocol for your journals, like look at your life. And this is something I do with my clients all the time. As I say, you know, what are the emotions you're experiencing regularly that you don't prefer that are negative on the Hawkins scale or negative in your body? Is it anxiety, depression, worry, guilt, fear, whatever? Most people have one to four of those. And on a scale of one to 10, there might be eights and sevens and twos. Even if you become aware of that, that pattern, and you address it every day for a week, you will learn a variety of strategies for overcoming them or mitigating them. You know, one of them is just becoming aware, oh, wow, I'm in that anxious state again. Okay, well, let's just take three deep breaths. That's the first thing that I teach people to do. Once you feel it, notice it, take the three deep breaths. If you have, um, and this is what I like about the flower essences, essences is in neuro-linguistic programming, you have a trigger or an external response, something to go with it, You know, something that can go from negative to like positive. So, okay, um, I'm stressed out. Oh, I feel it. Well, I've got these beautiful chimes here. Okay. Three deep breaths, ding a chime. Oh, wow. That's harmonic. That's resonant. That's beautiful. That brings me up. Now I'm in peace. Now I'm in the moment. And now each time you find that trigger, you're starting to nip the, the neural network. 
So if it's like an eight out of 10, whatever this negative emotion is, and you experience it repeatedly throughout the day, your neural network of what will create this experience is big. So if you're a highly stressed person, right? You stub, I don't know, you get out of bed and there's a small thing over here and a small thing over there. Everything's going to start stressing you out because you are stressed. It's not the environment. It's you're a stress ball, <laughs> right? Meanwhile, you got like this master monk whose house is super neat and simple and he's moving with flow, right? And something happens and nothing really phases him because he's mastered his internal energy, right? And so the more that we can be aware of these negative ones and then shift our energy to peace and to contentment, we're going to start to break that inner neural map and then it will become, it'll happen less, it'll be less intense, and then eventually it will just fall away. So true. And and you made a good point that, first of all, it's identifying it, right? Because a lot of times we're just kind of moving through and not even realizing you're, you're being uncomfortable and you don't really know what it is. So it's true. If you can journal it or just identify it, that's the first step to, to addressing the problem. And, and the other thing is, you know, when you talk about neuro-linguistic programming, I, I'm not, you know, super familiar with it. Um, but the thing about the flower essences too, is they, they set an intention. So, so you look at it and, and not only does it have, you know, um, medicinal vibrational, um, energy use, it, it has, um, you know, you do set the intention by, okay, I'm going to take this. It's, you know, it's got a positive name that it's called or whatever. And so that, that does help to, um, push you along the way of, of balance and harmony. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you're putting your intention to it, right? That's where it starts is a recognition and then intention and using all the tools available to make the change that you want. And also prayer is good too. There's many, there's no right way. There's no one way. Just use the ones experiment, have fun and do your best to love yourself as you are first and most important point, and then just improve some of the things that you don't prefer to do. Agreed. Well said. (laughs) <laughs> good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this. Um, so people find you at your website. Is there anything else that you need to do to share, connect? You write blogs, you everything's all over um, there. Yeah. And I have my Instagram and it's D-R-C-R-U-M-S, Dr. Crumb's Flower Remedy. Um, that's my Instagram handle. I love that. It just sounds so friendly. Like I'm going to find your house in the forest and you're going to take care of me and give me a soup and some flowers. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming to the show. I appreciate you and your work and uh, it's been a pleasure. You too. Thank you. All right. See you later. See everybody. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Dr. Melissa Crum. I hope that you enjoyed that show and that you found value and insight into these very fascinating and interesting topics. If you did like it, please consider leaving a review, becoming a member. If you want to join the membership and get access to all of the bonus content, uh, but you don't want to contribute, that's totally fine. Just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. I will give you a free link just to sample it so you can get all of those access to the courses and the meditation and the binary beats. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. So check it out. And if you want to support the show, that would be great too. Um, but that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate with appreciate you. If you want to work with me one-on-one as well, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I'll get you access to all the courses that are created. We'll work with you to help you design, build, and live the life of your dreams from your authentic and highest self from a state of peace, fulfillment, and joy. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. 
Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close the show. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, compassion, faith, courage, energy, empowerment, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.